Hey guys, Sam here. So before you listen to today's episode, just an FYI, we had a little bit of internet connectivity issues and a few sound snafus. So be a little forgiving on today's episode, but I think you're still going to love the content. Okay, let's get to the show. guys, welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast. I am your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. And this is a special bonus episode because every month I sit down with my podcast producer, Helena Santos, and we just generally catch up on our acting life, what's going on. We also take some questions from you guys. It's just a general chit chat. So here we are in the month of June and hi, Helena, how's it going? <laughs> Hey, Sam. It's going good. It is June. What? I know. Your what hair is going looks on with that. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Thanks for all. <laughs> I guess no one can see it at home. I was, and I'm nodding while you're talking and I'm, no, no one can see that either, but you know, such is life. Thank you. I'm, uh, it's long for anyone wondering why she's saying that it's long. And I just had an audition this morning. So it's all, you know, not in a bun. Oh, great. Yay. Well, it looks fantastic. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you. Well, thanks. I'm good. But I think what people really want to know is how was your shoot, Sam? How did it go? What can you actually tell us? Like nothing. (laughs) Let's just go right there. I, I know. Okay. So in the land of you can't tell us anything because that's just how things work. What can you tell us? Can, I mean, I know you documented a lot of it on Instagram for people to follow, but you know, we, we want to, they all want to know what's going on, how it went. Uh, I can tell you that I shot, I, I had six COVID tests, mm-hmm. two rehearsals, three wardrobe fittings, including a contact fitting, like lens, like contact lenses and one full shoot day. Amazing. So, so we should probably say that this is not a normal occurrence for this co-stars. Is not a normal occurrence. Typically I've had wardrobe call me for co-stars and been like, these are sizes. Cool. We'll fit you on set. And like just roll. So this mm-hmm. was a month long process to get to where we are now. Uh, I shot it uh, basically a week ago from when this podcast comes out. It was awesome. I was on an amazing set with very talented people who were very nice to me, um, which isn't always the case. They were super generous. Everyone, including the main cast, came over and introduced themselves to me while I was in hair and makeup. Uh, I felt very taken care of. And I feel like my COVID slate is clean that I feel like very competent to go back to the next set whenever that arises. Um, And I just feel, I feel very fulfilled by the experience that this created. Yes. Um, So speaking of COVID and all, all the COVID tests that you did, I mean, this is COVID testing won't be here for a long time, like forever and ever and ever, you know, like it'll eventually not be a thing we have to do maybe probably. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is how much extra money you get to make because of these COVID tests. Do you want to talk to people about that? Yeah. I doubled my day rate because it's $250 uh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't get commissioned by your agent per COVID test. That's a non-working day. So I had six tests that were days I didn't have rehearsals or fittings or the shoot. I just came into COVID test. And uh, yeah, so six, six days that I got COVID tested. So that is a, an average day rate for a guest star, I think is 1200 or something around that 1200, $1,300. Uh, so I'm, I've more than doubled my day rate just because of COVID testing. 
Mm-hmm. And interesting, the um, the day rates in Canada, very different. The way that we're paid, very, very different. So anyone who's in Canada right now listening, um, that's going to be different for our union up here and what we get. But fun fact, the actors here now, when we test, do COVID tests, we're getting the same rate as SAG, as you guys before. Don't hate Canadians, but we were getting paid an extreme amount of money per COVID test. It was like whatever your your day rate for that is. So say our day rate here was arbitrarily, let's just say $700 because we make less per day than um, SAG actors because we get a buyout. It's this whole other system. But that was like, you know, I had the, the one day that I was on set for that CW show and I had three COVID tests for that. So you get this check that is like, wait, I worked one day. This is insanely amazing. And it's just, I mean what a gift of <laughs> financial. Yeah, completely. And I mean, I it's, just... it's not that anymore. And it was extravagant at the time. And, you know, it's kind of like pinch yourself for it. But um, it's still pretty extravagant to think that you're making that much money, like 250 bucks just to go and get something stuck up your nose. You know, I know. I know. Pretty when awesome. I, when I justify, you know, I have friends who aren't actors and I tell them how much I made from this role, basically in a, also, cause I'm not really for sure how much a rehearsal date is because some of the rehearsals were also fittings. I don't know what they're going to combine into what, but I think that it's when I justify it to people, when they say like, holy shit, you made that for that much work. They're like, I'm in the wrong business. Mm. And i just want to like total all of the hours that I spent on the other 26 auditions I had so far this year that I didn't get and say, actually, if you mm-hmm. break it down, it comes to about like $18 an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like if that, yeah. you could even say it's like $4 an hour if you're lucky, you know, totally. and all of the years of training and all of it just, I mean, it's like artists who, you know, what's that? I don't know if this is just like a meme kind of thing, but you know, if you're going to ask Van Gogh to paint something and it took him two seconds, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're going to charge me that much for two seconds? It's like, well, no, you're actually paying for the gajillions of years of expertise and experience and all of that. It's not, that's where artists tend to give away what we do and work so hard for, for not enough money, you know, because people aren't seeing value in it in some sort of way. So yeah. Totally. Well, and we, we live in a world that wants to pay people. This is such an interesting conversation. Actually, we live in a world that wants to pay people per hour of work. Right. Whereas when did, time become the ultimate delineation of value, right? Like it's a whole different conversation. Um, And to that point, slightly tangential, although not, I read an article um, in something like the New York Times or something the other day about an Italian artist who sold an art piece, a sculpture that is non-existent. It is a conceptual piece of art where someone like they bid on it and he sold it for a crap ton of money and you get sort of like an overview of where you should put it and how much room this conceptual art piece needs you can stand there and look at the quote-unquote art but it's nothing there's nothing there nothing I am right so fascinated <laughs> right so if that's if that's art and there are people who will spend tons of money to pay for literally nothing but the idea of putting something of nothing, like it's just so mind boggling. And then we can't pay, a, you know, say a graphic designer a proper amount of money for what they're doing. Um, it just blows my mind. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. So, so when I look at this, whatever paycheck is coming to me, I'm like, that feels right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Did you film? Most definitely. Your... Is there anything from, oh, sorry. Did you film your thing? Oh, go ahead. Um, no, not yet because yeah, they just got back to me. I might be doing it end of June into July. It's something they still don't have a date, but I'm just, you know, TBD and it is now definitely just voiceover and not motion capture as well, which is, you know, fine by me. Um, I'm excited to do whatever and yeah, I'll just be in the VO booth. And then I ended up being shortlisted for something on a, I, I can't say whatever. It's just stupid. You can't say any of these things. Right. But so I shortlisted for a really cool show. Um, but it's funny because normally you don't hear when you're quote unquote shortlisted, you only hear if you're on a veil or, you know, like if you're um, on hold or all this stuff. So it's kind of just like shortlisted now because of all of these, these things that aren't shooting for, and this doesn't start shooting until I think probably three weeks from now. And they're block shooting this series because it's for one of these fancy streamers and you can't say what it is, right? Right. So it's it's like, she's shortlisted. What are her avail dates? We'll let you know more because they just want to know everyone's availability. So, you know, it could be me and 10 other people. I don't know. But, I, you know, the fact that I know that I'm in the mix for something that would be really freaking awesome is a great feeling. Yeah. And I, I prefer that to, to not hearing anything. Like if, if I end up, you know, if my rep checks back in a couple of weeks from now and I'm no longer quote unquote shortlist or they haven't put me on a veil or they haven't booked me, I like knowing that you know, these people who I really, really want to work with saw my stuff and liked it enough to have casting check on my availability from, you know, for three weeks from now. So that's a great feeling. That's so nice too, because we feel like we put so many auditions just into the ether. So even to get that, like you're one of our top picks, basically like kind of sentence, I kind of love it. I know me too. It's a, it's a good feeling. It can, I know that some people hate that. They only want to know when they book something they don't want it because it's, it can cause anxiety if you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and wondering if you're going to get it or not. But I, I don't know about you, but I'm to the point where I'm just like, Oh, yay. Cool. Thanks for telling me if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but yes. I feel good knowing that I'm doing good work. And I think that's, that's what's important to me that I, I know I'm on the right track, you know, totally. It's nice to know that you did your job well and you were yeah. seen and like, and not just did your job well, cause you don't need someone to tell you that it's nice to know that you were in the ballpark, right? It's like, Oh, the choices I made kind of fit. Yeah, for sure. And you know what's interesting? I don't know about you, but like the things that I am being um, put on hold for and booking lately and stuff are not the things at all that I would ever expect to bring myself in for. Mm. Um, And then I just go in and I just just randomly have fun and I'm just trying just like, okay, I'll try and be this character, this kind of thing. And it's not something that I would normally really like if I was in casting I don't know that I would bring me in but then I'm like sweet cool I trust you and I guess my my type is changing from what I in my head still think it is okay that is something that is very interesting because so I had the first working actor workshop this past weekend Mm. and we the section on branding is I think really powerful in a lot of ways. And one of the uh, spoiler alert for you guys who haven't made it yet um, to the section, uh, one of the big takeaways is that like as important as how much emphasis we put on branding and type and all that stuff is also though, it's gonna change. Like it's gonna change, you're gonna grow. 
And it's like, it's actually a kind of exciting part about this business because if your type isn't super castable or doesn't fit your vibe right away, you ha- you could grow into it. It's like the power of the long game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I wanted to bring up the Erica Bream's post that she did the other day oh, about yeah. age and the industry. Yeah, please. Um, and I, yeah, I saved it because this totally goes along with what you're saying right now. So uh, Erica Breen, the casting director, put up a post on Instagram. Um, I mean, now this is probably maybe three weeks ago or something. But she, there was a Q&A and she asked people to just write, on, write in with their questions. Someone said, what are your thoughts on navigating, quote unquote, actresses who don't make it by 25? Um, and she said, repeat after me, your age doesn't matter in big block caps. Um, I would spend all of my days on this soapbox if I thought it would help. One, you only get better with age and more interesting. Two, there are a gazillion actors, many of whom whom are huge stars who didn't see any real success until they were in their 40 plus. Uh, And three, in any other career, we would never expect people to have hit their stride by 25. Why is that any different with acting? It was so good. I love that she posted that. Well, and everything about that makes perfect sense. But we have a business that is like, yes, if a field of people in magazines in their twenties, and like this is how mm-hmm. you get famous or successful or whatever it is. We just like really value that youth. But like, I'm so much more fun and interesting than I was when I was. <laughs> oh my gosh! And not trying so hard. I feel like that's what. Uh, I'm really learning about myself is that I'm really more settled into things and I'm, I, I care less about the outcome and, or just doing something in a people pleasing kind of way. Now it's more really just about serving the character and the story and not, I don't know, being the good actor. I have um, a question for you. Do yeah. you think you could have gotten to this point quicker? if you would have accepted something, if you would have learned something, or do you think it's something you can only figure out with age? Cause I know we have a lot of 20 somethings who are listening to this. I know I needed the time. I mean, but that's not true for everybody, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. I went to school with a couple of people who they hit it right out of school. They were series regulars. They were making the money. They were doing the thing. But their their talent and their and their ability and their branding and the industry, what was available, it all just hit for the I mean, industry at the time. It wasn't the right sort of, uh, you know what I mean? Like it just didn't quite click. Mm-hmm. But also, I needed to grow up. I personally needed to do a lot of work on myself, and um, I. I I don't know if it's necessarily the skill and talent that I have has changed, but it's definitely who I am has, has made my work better. And my life experience has made my work better and different. And I, and I don't, I don't know. I, I know that me as a person, I wouldn't have been able to do any, anything <laughs> very effectively. I don't know. What about you? I think I'm the same. I think I needed to grow up. I wanted to bypass all of that. I would have loved to have bypassed all of the nonsense and just taken the secret cheat code and gone to the next level. Um, But I think that's, that's kind of the magic of, there's a couple of things about this that I love. That's kind of the magic of being in this business long-term, which is something I can't stop talking about lately because I feel like 
it only gets better because the roles get better. Mm -hmm. You get more interesting. You have a life under your feet to where like going to audition doesn't make your make or break you. And also as you get older, you and the casting people start to become the same age and the producer, like, you know what I mean? Now it's, it's, it's not so much Mm -hmm. like a child begging for permission so much as two adults talking to each other and it doesn't feel so needy. And it's just, it's so nice. Like now, (laughs) as I interview people for the podcast and stuff, they feel like I'm just an adult relating to another adult. And yeah, we come from different spaces. We have different lives. For example, I don't have kids, all of these things, but we're still two grownups. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I could have gotten here except with the purpose of time to be able to see myself on equal playing field as all the other adults, regardless of credits or projects or any of those things. Mm-hmm. I agree. And also, I think the longer you're in the industry, the more you realize that everyone, you know, everyone is just making it up as they go along, really. Everyone feels insecure. Everyone's normal and human and living long. And that helps too, when you contextualize it and realize that it's, it's part of what people do and it's not everybody's whole lives. That, that to me is really, really important. I love that. I love that. Did you have stuff pulled for us to talk about specialty today too? We found such a a beautiful subject so far. (laughs) Well, I do want to say on that age note, I did. I loved how recently Forbes put um, the 50 over 50 list for women over 50, Mm. which was phenomenal because I mean, we need more of that. Right. And there was a tweet from someone who said, I get tired of the under 40 list. Show me someone who got their PhD at 60 after losing everything. Give me the 70 year old debut novelist who writes from a lifetime of love and grief. Give me calloused hands and tender hearts. Yes, I just love that. I just love that. I think we need to celebrate change and age and all of that a lot more than we do. Um, But I wanted to say that um, for any Asian actors who are listening the CSA is doing an open, a global open call for Asian actors, mm-hmm. and it's actually a phenomenal opportunity. So um, check out the CSA's Instagram. They have the link there, and they have sides that you can choose from. The sides are really, really good. Oh, um, good. And then you just put something on tape and you send it on in and it's going out to all of the casting people in the casting society. Um, and it's just an incredible opportunity. So that runs until July 2nd, I think is when you have to have your tapes in by. Um, but just the fact that they're doing that and they recognize that, you know, they maybe don't, they don't know enough Asian actors. They need to have, there needs to be more Asian visibility, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty awesome. And I was being kind of like, lazy actor for a minute there being like uh, I want to do this I don't know I'll take a look at the sides blah 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 and then I was like asking us to send in our stuff they want to see the talent and why wouldn't I do it I was just having a I just feel like sitting here a moment and then I realized no 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 go read the sides and then I looked at the sides and I got really excited and I chose a scene that I was like oh my gosh this is the most fun it's actually the most fun I've had in an audition in quite some time. Like they have great sides. So amazing. People look get excited. I'll make sure that link. Uh, I'll make sure that link goes please, in the show notes too. Please and just go um, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure that link goes in the show notes um, to the Instagram post so everyone can see it. So with, with the whole growing up in Hollywood age stuff, 
at some point you had written down yeah. that you thought it would be interesting for us to talk about like cosmetic procedures in this world that we live in of our faces. <laughs> <laughs> the world of our faces. Now yeah. I am, I am super, yeah. super open about all that stuff. Um, cause I've had some, uh-huh. like I get Botox, I get Botox regularly. I'm a big fan for myself. I wouldn't tell anyone to do it ever if it's not mm-hmm. something they wanted to do. Um, I, I just really like it. I don't know if it has anything to do with my career, uh, or acting in general. What do you like about it? I'm curious. Uh, my skin never looks as good as when I get it. Like, I think everyone who talks about their wrinkle creams and oh. stuff, I think it's all like the mediocre version of Botox. <laughs> um, nothing, <laughs> nothing quite does it like this does, but my genetic history with my family and stuff, like we're very, uh, like our forehead wrinkles are like very, very deep and inset at an early age. So I wanted to head it off at the past. So when I turned 30, it was like my gift to myself. I pay about 200 bucks every four months. Um, it's not filler, which is not like, so it doesn't inject things underneath your skin or anything like that. Um, that's, that's kind of the extent of what I do at this moment in time. I'm not opposed to doing other things later if they make me feel good and I like them and they don't hurt too bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can financially afford them. Um, but I, I, I really like it. I'm very cognizant of, of how much Botox I get and where I put it. I only Mm. go to a dermatologist. You guys have heard me say this before a million times, but I go to honest dermatology in Sherman Oaks in, I'm sorry, in Encino, I go to Honest Dermatology in Encino. I see Melissa. She's lovely. Uh, she takes really good care of me and she knows that I'm an actor and I have to have face mobility. So nothing's like locked in place. <laughs> uh, so she does it very, mm-hmm. like very sparingly. It's still considered being, locked in place. You know what I'm saying? You know the look I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> sure. But listen, if that look like makes you feel good in your body and that is fine for you and whatever you're doing with your life, like go, go. I don't care. Um, but for me, I want a little mm-hmm. bit of mobility. I want to just smoother skin is what it helps me with. Um, and I really like it. I get and that's something that you came too. to on your own, right? Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah I just wanted right. to get it. I knew yeah, a ton of people who nobody told you you needed to do that. Right. Like there weren't industry people no. who said you should. Okay. No, Cause I know that you've, you've talked about your experience with, you know, people saying you needed to lose weight for jobs mm-hmm. and all that BS Often. that, yeah. Mm-hmm interesting. That's probably Unreal. the most common thing I've been told in this business, which is funny. Cause I know I so wonder many if, actors who've not been told that. Yeah. I wonder if they, people could say that anymore, even would say that anymore, or if it's even, is it a thing anymore? I it's don't know. Question. Is it? It's a good Cause question. I mean, there was a whole period of time that, wow. I mean, this is a probably like a deeper, long conversation, but you know, the, the very, very, very thin women being the norm for series regulars. Um, and a lot of people, women trying to, um, get to that point and those sort of what the aesthetic was, which could be very unhealthy for people who, um, it's just not the best for their bodies. You know, um, I wonder if it was just the time that things were in, or if that's something that is still being, told to women in Hollywood in the same way. Yeah. I don't know how much that's changed. Mm. (laughs) I would like it to, but I, I feel like there's a lot more body diversity though. A lot more leading women who aren't, you know, size zero and 
it's a lot more accepted and it's something that people are actually seeking and just being like, we can be any size, you know, I think with people like A.D. Bryant and even plan B, you know, having a, a woman who's it just, there's different people, there's different, there's something different out there. We're not trying to fit in a cookie cutter mold. Yeah. I think we're, I don't know. Do you I think, I think kind of, <laughs> kind of, she says. Um, but this is coming from me. Like I've never been told to look different than I do. The only time I've ever been told to look different in any specific way was in an acting class where my coach told me to not tan as much as I was because I get very very tan mm. and because of the color of my skin and the undertones of my skin if I like the Filipino side of me if it gets too dark I actually look orange on camera oh. especially against people who are white and it can be problematic because you know the norm for so long of how to color balance things was to white as quote unquote normal so when you get different skin tones um it can be it can be interesting. Uh, so I thought that was kind of fascinating and yeah. So that's wild. I've never, uh -huh. it's so crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, and that's why a lot of people just, just different skin tones. It can be, it can be a real problem. It can be not a problem. It can be difficult. And it's something that, um, production Hollywood, you know, it's part of the racist kind of undertone of everything when you can see you know, it too in older movies, like, mm -hmm. like a lot of people had no idea how to light like a black character. It's yep. very, well, obvious. and a lot of people still don't. Um, yes. And I think, was it, was it insecure or there was a specific show that came out where they were talking about like all the actors saying how great it was to be on a set where they, the cinematographer was actually lighting for black skin mm -hmm. and how empowering that was and how everyone felt so good to be on that set, knowing that they were like taken care of in that way. Yeah. Um, anyways, oh my gosh, that's a whole rabbit hole. I could go down <laughs> for a long time, but I'm like from Botox all the way over there. Um, but it's all, it's all the outward facing stuff, right? It's like it is, forward yeah. facing things and, and, you know, we kind of let us let astray from like the cosmetology version of it. Right. But that's, I do think, I think as just as we are making moves to get more diverse voices, there are moves to get more diverse body types. However, I feel like the mainstay of the exceptionally thin female characters is still there. Interesting. And I, I don't, know if it'll go away we should also both like say that we're we both have thin privilege we're both right. in smaller bodies yeah uh, it's important to acknowledge those things I think because I never it, it's a it's a bigger conversation I want to have and I want to have some guests on next podcast season to talk about that too Absolutely, because yeah. as as much as I feel you know when I I wrote an article about being kicked off set for being too big um I can't even fathom what that would feel like if I wasn't in the body that I was in mm. But anyway, Botox. <laughs> and, and anyway, Botox. Well, the only thing that I have um, tried cosmetically is microneedling because mm. I have, um, when I was young, I had chickenpox at a very late age. I was 13 years old and the scarring from my chickenpox is quite pronounced. And it's interesting because in my mind, they always look like so, like, I think maybe because I was made fun of in school a little bit, they were like, why do you have holes in your head? You've got holes everywhere. And so to me, they're really, really intense, um, which they are in 
some lighting situations, but mostly people don't really notice or care. And it's just me, but I did try microneedling. It hurt a lot, <laughs> it hurt a lot, but it was effective and you need to go back three or four times. So I might do it because it actually does help your skin quite a bit, rejuvenates mm-hmm. it and brings out like all this like fresh skin and the collagen and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, I'm not, I'm not opposed to, you know, anything that I think makes you feel better. And I just, one of those things where it's like anything, you know, moderation. I think that getting like addicted to procedures is something that happens to people. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's something helps you, makes you feel better. Yeah. I'm all about moderation and not not saying no to any, anything for anyone. It's everybody's own decision and yeah, you know, power to you. And I think seeking out sources of information, uh, and very qualified people, especially because we are talking to a bunch of actors, your face fucking matters. (laughs) It just (laughs) does. It's just the nature of the business. So if you're going to do procedures, if you're going to invest in things, and this is by the way, like by no means, none of these, like expensive facials or things like that are things you have to do. You don't have to do anything. I would like to remind everyone that I did a very big show with very big people a couple of years ago and all of the leads had horrible skin. They were like very famous actors. And I was like, this is good. This is good for me to see that people aren't perfect. And like, this is why hair and makeup have such a big job and lighting is important and all these well, things. Well, also, because- and this is why seeing things like, you know, Mare of Easttown and Kate Winslet specifically mm-hmm. not wanting herself to be altered in any way in any of the scenes. Like she wanted her body to be her body. She wanted her face to be her face. You know, she was, there was some interview she was talking about. She's on a cover of a magazine where they were taking her like yes. smile lines around her yes. eyes away. She, she got like, really no, upset. I know how, yeah, I know well, how many it, lines are there. And like, we tr- need to show the real stuff. This and is when what that's, we look like as humans. That's the, that her character too in that, what didn't like is not an airbrush, by the way, great show. If anyone hasn't seen it, mm-hmm. so good. Uh, her character is not an airbrush character. She's not put together. She doesn't put on makeup. Like she's like a busy mom doing her job, living this crazy life. And it, her having, you know, cosmetic fixes on like billboards and stuff makes no sense for that role. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and you know, that's why I'm really, I'm, I am cognizant of using filters on Instagram and stuff because I, first of all, my first thought is like, I never want to meet someone in real life and disappoint them because I don't look like how they think I look, which is more about me than it is about them. (laughs) (laughs) But I really want to show like I have pores. I have a lot like they're it, my face is a face. My skin is yeah. skin. It's not like, you know, shiny and, and perfection. And uh, you yeah, know, I think I mean, I, eye on. I just have a real semi hatred for for what's happened with social media and filtering and mm-hmm. all of it. There was an ad that came up on Instagram one day that was for, you know, it's kind of like the face tune thing, but it was literally your entire body. I can't remember if I sent this to you or not, but, no, I, but was, I know, I, I know oh my all God. those programs. They're I was such... so pissed. I was so pissed because I just thought about all of the, the teenagers and younger who this is what they think. Like mm-hmm. they think you're not good enough as you are. And, you know, I, I understand this is, it's a weird conversation when we're saying, you know, like, it's okay to get Botox. It's okay to do mm-hmm. things, which it is okay. But also it's like, you're just fine the way you are. We're all freaking solid and fine and amazing and gorgeous and 
you know, it's all of these quirky things that make us like great people. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I have a complicated relationship with all of it, you yeah. know, cause my, it's- my thing is if you're going to do it, I wish, and I know this isn't for everyone. Everyone doesn't need to shout it from the rooftops like I do, but I want to own it. I want people, I mm-hmm. want people to own it. Like, I just want to say like, I get these things done. So when you are on social media, comparing yourself to me, not, I'm saying that's not so that someone's doing that, but if, if someone did, I want them to know that like, I'm also paying X amount of bills in order to have this type of quality. You know what I mean? I think if we all just owned it, like if, you know, there was that big thing a while ago with one of the Kardashians because right. someone leaked a photo of um, Chloe in, you know, when you take a photo, if anybody didn't see it, it's like when you're in the sun and like you get like just the hit of the sun to where it's like not very complimentary to your face, to your skin. It was a beautiful picture of a beautiful woman but it wasn't airbrushed. It wasn't cleaned up. It wasn't like a perfected angle. And they went bananas. The whole Kardashian clan, like this is not her. This photo was stolen, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I would have been so touched if they were like, yeah, that is her from a different angle. She's still Mm -hmm. the same person. She's still gorgeous. She's still like, it just, I just wish we could own like I just wish they could also own like, here's what we get done. Here's what like, I, I, there's a a podcast called the lady gang and I love Uh them and they talk, they wrote a book and one of the book pages is like, here's what we do to our faces. And they like highlighted all the areas that they've had fixed and what they've done and does that. And I just love, Oh, I love that. Yes. I love the ownership of like, don't compare yourself to people in Hollywood who are spending tons of money to look a certain way because they also look like you. They're just paying for like uh, touch-ups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we we should also say that this is, we're, we're sort of specifically talking to like a certain type, quote unquote, or mm-hmm. a brand because I mean, my husband who is 18 years older than me, I mean, his concerns about what he looks like are completely different. And the older he looks, the more work he gets. And it's, it's, it's a totally different thing, you know, mm-hmm. it depends. On, on, there's so many different factors in all of this. Um, but I definitely, I, I, I like the age of let's just own what's going on. And let's, when people do call things out, like Kate Winslet did, I think it's important. And I think that's also why I love that like social media over all of these years has made people want to get to know, you know, whatever actors musicians whoever better as humans and it's given all of the quote-unquote celebrities the ability to show themselves as real people and Mm -hmm. that's expected now like the fact that the whole kardashian thing happened like i really don't follow the kardashians at all but that was such a big story that Mm -hmm. i heard about it but the fact that you know that that people were talking about like but but it's real that's that's important it's this is what she she really looks like. And what is this conversation around expectation and society and just all of it, how we're, how we're marketed she, to, how we buy it, things, how- The thing about that that really upset me too is that she runs this super inclusive fashion line for so many sizes. Right. And I mm-hmm. just feel like it just dumped on all of the, all of the things that we think we're fixing, but we're actually like, it, it just felt like everything was a statement. You know what I mean? Like nothing was real. Yeah, it can be, it can be really debilitating. And in terms of the pressure it puts on actors, and I know a lot of my audience are, are, are are female identifying people that Mm -hmm. 
we feel like we have to be perfect and show up as some very organized. Like I used to freak out over getting my hair and makeup right for a self tape. And so like I, it would be a whole thing. Um, and, and I think growing older helps that a lot helps that calm that, you know, the need of perfection and also seeing more things like being on sets and seeing how people show up in hair and makeup and like all these things. But it's hard to, it's hard to not feel that pressure to show up as the perfect image in auditions, in bookings. In I wonder world. if it's, I mean, it's, I think partially probably your history and like my history are different histories, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the uh, roles that we go out for are probably very different and because I my perfectionism had has always been less about what I look and more about like doing the best I possibly can (laughs) right 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 right. like it's I I actually like it when I get to you know not look great because maybe because my quote-unquote idea of like perfection or the what I wish I looked like is yeah I feel like I just i I've always thought less about the aesthetic of being quote unquote perfect. I I never, I think even growing up, I didn't so much care about that. And it was always about just people pleasing in a a different way for me. And and Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how that shows up for people differently. Well, we all have our stuff, right? <laughs> so true. Truer words haven't been spoken. How are yeah. we, how should we wrap this up for people? Do whatever you want. Just, just be real. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't feel like we're any authority on any of this stuff, not, but not even a little bit. I still have a not, lot to work on in this area. A lot. I think, I think just that it's important to have a, keep having this conversation and yeah. I don't know. See what I highly recommend diversifying your Instagram feeds. If you don't oh, follow people yes. of all different sizes of all different backgrounds of all, it really helped my mental health a great deal to, mm-hmm. um, and all disabilities sure and mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. To make sure I was following people from all different paths of life with all different aesthetics, with all different faces, with all different backgrounds, with all different bodies, like just not seeing thin, white, hot female bloggers every day really has changed my relationship with social media. <laughs> well, here's something interesting. For those who have Hulu, there's a really great episode. Um, the New York Times, a New Yorker or something has this uh, episodic series. And I think it's episode seven was about these TikTok influencers in the first black Atlanta um, to like TikTok house uh-huh. because they're mostly all white TikTok groups, you yeah. know, collaborations, collab houses. Um, and it was really fascinating because they started to get into the fact that TikTok's algorithm actually favors white faces and things that are light and bright. So it'll show black creators material less. So the algorithm itself is racist. Yeah, that's Jesus a Christ. whole other thing. Jesus so yes, Christ. you know, it's important to diversify your feed like, and go in and actually find like different influences because the algorithm might not show you that to you, even if you want it to. So you have to actively seek it. Like search it out. Oh, that's really mm-hmm. good to know. Mm-hmm. On that note, should we go record some Q and A's? Yeah, let's do That'd it. Great. All right, guys, tune in uh, tomorrow when we will have a Q and A episode based on questions from you guys, short and sweet. Um, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, real quick before you go, I just wanted to touch base with you about the Working Actor Workshop. I have culminated about a year and a half worth of coachings at online schools and coaching private clients, talking to people on the podcasts, my own life experiences, along with many of the actors I know. And I have created the Working Actor Workshop to combine all of the struggles and questions and fears of the beginnings of our career and hopefully squash as many of them as possible. I want to answer all of the questions about finances and side jobs. How do you find your branding? When do you look for reps? How do you even get your foot in the door? Should you be networking? What even is networking? I want to help you guys all navigate this landscape. These workshops are going on almost every Saturday in June, and they're almost half sold out at this point. So I highly recommend you guys check them out. OneBrokeActress.com slash workshops is where all the information lives. You can always email me, OneBrokeActress at gmail.com, if you're not sure if this workshop is right for you. I don't think it's for everyone. I think it's for a certain time in your career, and I am super happy to guide you in as much of a way as I possibly can. Also, if you know someone that this is right for, maybe it's not right for you, but your sister is graduating college with a theater degree or your cousin is getting excited to move to Los Angeles, I want to meet them. Please send them my way. Thank you guys so much for listening and you know I will talk to you very soon.